Hi, everyone. Carmen and Christine here. We have the chance to sit down and chat with our friend Ellen Chauvin of Soaked and Sprouting about replenishing our peace. We didn't know at the time what God had planned for our conversation, but we are thrilled to get to share it with you here as a special summer series. So let's get started. And let me just start today by reading our key verse for this series. It's Jeremiah 31 and 25, and I'm going to read from the ESV, and it says this, For I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. What an awesome promise from God's word. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about replenishing our peace. Isn't that so important for us today. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. But before we get to the how we all want to know, how do we do this? How do we replenish our peace? But I think we need to dive a little deeper into the root of the problem. So I want to throw a question out there and just ask you ladies, what affects our peace today as women? What do you think? Oh, Christine, that's a loaded question. Um, I mean, what hasn't affected our peace? There's, there's uh, the news, our finances, our health, um, anything that threatens our families. Um, for me, I find that anything that's out of my control tends to affect my peace. And um, again, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, um, we have high prices now for fuel, groceries, and housing. It, it makes us wonder, how can we provide for our families, our loved ones? What do we do? And how do we keep our peace during this? Because it's just overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you cover you covered a lot of areas there, and I, I certainly agree. But as you were talking, <clears throat> Ellen, I was thinking about a time in my family's life um, when we felt out of control, and uh, we didn't know where our provision was coming from. And so, I want to share that story with you guys today. Um, I was newly pregnant, uh, and, uh, Larry was a union electrician and, uh, work was scarce and he didn't want to go out of town to work partly because he just didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to leave me. And also I was pregnant too, you know? And so, uh, gosh, y'all, there were times that he would hang a ceiling fan for $25 to get some money for groceries. Mm. Um, he, uh, I'm, I'm telling you things were very, very tight. But one evening, uh, and I don't know the, the circumstances surrounding that, when you got two people that don't have any money, we broke, but we ended up at a Shoney's in the sister town uh, where I lived. And when, uh, when, we got, when we came into the restaurant and went to sit down, as it happened, there was a, a man in there that Larry had known from, uh, from years past. Not exactly in the same profession, but they both worked on some jobs together. He approached Larry, asked Larry what he was doing. Was he busy? And Larry said, well, not a lot. So he presented this plan for Larry to be able to do some work for him. And um, from that encounter, um, our business of 37 years was born. Wow. Wow. And he uh, he took that. And, um, you know, we all has, have as it happens moments, right? I mean, I, if we take a t- moment to look and think, we all look back on times when we have as it happened moments. And, uh, and hey, a good example, Ruth and Naomi. Yes. Ruth and Naomi, 
uh, were struggling with provision. And their story wraps it so uh, mirrors uh, some of the aspects of what my story was because I was, we were struggling about how we were going to provide for our family. And then the providence of God uh, happened as it happened. And um, he met our needs in great ways, not just for the moment, for, for the future as well. Absolutely. That's true. That's yeah. true. And, you know, I, I can relate so much to your story, Carmen, but when you say Shoney's, I just can picture myself there. I don't know who all listening remembers Shoney's, but that was just, yes. you know, so many, so many wonderful memories at Shoney's, <laughs> such a great place uh, to go and eat. And we, we probably had um, similar experiences across the South visiting Shoney's. But since you mentioned Ruth and Naomi, I think that's important to talk about because both of these women, their story is so relatable, but they each really had a different perspective on their situation as it happened, like you said. And for listeners who may not be familiar with their story, if they'd like to learn more, you can read all about them in the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. And it's an awesome story. I love reading it over and over again, but you know, Ruth lost her husband, Naomi lost her husband and her two sons. So here they were both needing provision. And of course, in a time back then, it wasn't like it is today with women and uh, opportunities to be able to provide for yourself. So there was that need for provision. There was that need for someone to help them to help their family, to help provide. And Ruth clung to Naomi when Naomi wanted her to go back to her people. And Naomi even said, you know, what am I going to do for you? Can I have more sons? And then they grow up and marry you because she was thinking about being able to make sure Ruth was taken care of. So she said, it's better if you go back to your people, but Ruth said, no, where you go, I will go. And I like that. What, you know, in the South, I call that gumption. Ruth had the gumption to be able to say, I'm going no matter what. And Naomi was a little more, um, shall we say, questioning her faith at that time, because (laughs) she was feeling like God had forgotten her. And she even said, call me bitter because uh, God has left me empty. But even still looking at the ways both of these women saw their situation, God provided, he had a plan in place, just like in your situation, Carmen, like you said, meeting that, that right person at the right time, God had a person in mind who was going to provide for their family. And they had to let that go. <laughs> like Ellen, you said, I'm a, I'm a control person too. <laughs> and, you know, they had to let go of control and just let God direct their steps. And that's so hard to do. It mm-hmm. is hard. And what I love about the story is that, like you said, Christine, Naomi had lost everything. She lost her husband, her sons, her protection, her provision, and she definitely lost her peace for sure. But she did have one thing. And that was the kinsman redeemer that God provided. And uh, he didn't forsake Naomi. He provided a redeemer for her. And back in those days, the kinsman redeemer was the one that had the privilege or the responsibility to act on behalf of the relative who was in trouble. Um, he was like the next of kin, I guess you would say. Um, 
And the kinsman redeemer tended to uh, uh, deliver the, the people that needed help or rescue them. And they provided for that relative. In effect, they saved them. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And that's a big responsibility to step Absolutely. up and do that. Absolutely. And sometimes today, I think that we shy away from some of those things that God calls us to step into. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, one of the things that I struggle with, with my piece is taking on too much responsibility. And exactly. <laughs> sometimes exactly. I take responsibility for things that God never meant to, for me to take responsibility for, yes. especially when it comes to my family, because I'm a go-getter. I love to serve. I love to help. So it comes from a place of having a good heart. And I know the Lord knows my good intentions, yes. but sometimes I will step in to help someone help a loved one or step into a situation where I need to let God direct it and let him work in the person's life. And he's also working in my life, beckoning me to trust him through all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And Naomi had, uh, like you said, she's, she said, just call me bitter. So her mind was already going to the future and not seeing anything that she liked. And my mind tends to run away like that too. I have to pull it back in and, and because I lose my peace over just my thoughts go all crazy. Like, Oh no, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And, and poor Naomi, she was, she was doing the same thing, just letting her mind go out of control. Yeah. I identify yeah. with her greatly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Naomi thought she was, Naomi thought she knew the future, right? He thought she knew the future, but, um, as Naomi and Ruth made it back to Bethlehem and their story began to unfold when she first got there, she saw no future. There was no future hope. Right. She saw her life as uh, well, basically ending, you know, it's over. There's nothing for me. My hope is to try to help Ruth. And so she saw no future hope, but you know, Naomi had a future hope. She just didn't really understand it yet because right she was discouraged and depressed and she could not see the future. Um, and, but you know, when we go along, she's going to be bouncing uh, a great grandpa of David on her knee. I mean, you know, and um, she, she just didn't see that. And so we don't often don't see that th- those things for ourselves either. either. Right. We get focused in on what we can see exactly. and what we know and, uh, or what we think we know. And um, we don't see the other possibilities. Now, Ruth was different. Ruth kind of did. Ruth had some hope. Ruth was, uh, thank goodness, Ruth was, uh, well, she was a little younger than Naomi. So maybe that gave her some, you know, that gave her some uh, ability to have more hope. But uh, she saw a hope and she was willing to get out there and try to support the family, try to figure this thing out. So uh, she had somebody, Naomi had somebody come alongside her that was going to help her along the way. And that's one of the things that we, we do for each other. And on that note, I just want to ask you girls, if there is a certain go-to scripture that you have, that you love, that you could share with the listeners today, something that maybe when you feel like your peace it has been depleted and you need help replenishing your peace. Do you have a go-to verse? Oh, definitely. Um, mine is Isaiah 26 verses three and four. And it says, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace for it is trusting in you 
trust in the Lord forever, because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an ev everlasting rock. Um, that's because my mind runs away with me. I, I like that. I have to keep my mind dependent on and focused on Jesus. And that keeps me in perfect peace because I've got to trust him and not whatever my emotions are and not whatever my mind runs away with. Um, and certainly not any news I'm watching. I just have to keep focused on him and I'm, I'm getting better at it as I get older and older. But, um, there was a time I was just a hand ringer. I was just wringing my hand, worried about everything and yeah. praise God. He's kind of cured me of that. He delivered, he delivered you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I keep yanking back that control though, yeah. you know, yeah. so. <laughs> well, maybe is delivering you, friend. He is delivering. Yeah, right. Delivering. It's an ongoing process, of course. An ongoing process. It all sure. is. It all is. That's a good one. I love that verse. My mind stayed on you. Keeping yes. our minds stayed on him. That is so good. And I love the part that says perfect peace. Perfect ah. peace. And that peace is that that tranquility that we get when we are assured of Jesus in our lives and that we're content with whatever he has for us on this earth right now. And we yeah. can be content no matter our circumstances. And that's a hard one. That's really hard one because if we focus on our circumstances, well, y'all yeah. know what happens. It's just not any kind of pretty thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. What about you, Carmen? Do you have a, do you have a favorite verse? I do. Well, I got a few of them. I was going to show you, I have a little uh, card um, that little sparkly uh, booklet that has uh, index cards in it that I write different verses in and to help me to remember them. But I do have a perfect, a, a perfect verse. Well, it, you know, they all good, you know, they, they good. all good. <laughs> um, but I do have one of my favorite verses for this is first Peter, first Peter five, seven. And I'm going to read that out of the new living translation. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. And that's short and sweet, mm -hmm. but it just is so filled with truth that, um, I have to remind myself that. So when I become worried and overwhelmed in my mind, I say, Lord, I'm giving these worries and cares to you because when I do that, I have peace. I love that one too. And That's sometimes beautiful. you are right. You have to say it over and over and over or think it to yourself or write yes. it down. There are so many different ways that we can plant God's word in our hearts. Um, yes. So, you know, I can kind of get a little overwhelmed thinking about memorizing verses because when people talk about memorizing verses, it makes me a little nervous because I'm mm -hmm. not good at memorizing verses, but just reading them, writing them down, having them, uh, like you said, on a sticky note or an index card somewhere where you can get to them when you need them, that's planning it in our hearts. And over time yes. we do internalize that word. And um, the Bible says God will bring back to our remembrance. He will that he word will. of wisdom in season when we need it. Yes. When we need it, he brings it right back. That's right. right. Absolutely. Right. right. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to catch the second part of our conversation about replenishing our peace. See you next time.